Welcome to this week's episode of ITOA Today, where we talk about the hottest trends in technology in the IT industry. This week, I'm excited to talk about containers, which is a new technology that seems to be taking over the IT infrastructure world. As we highlighted in last week's episode, where we came live from Las Vegas with our chief architect, Craig Lee, Dockers were a hot topic of conversation in the sessions that we attended. So I'm excited to have one of our product managers from Blue Medora, Mike Langdon, on the line today to talk about the Docker technology, as well as whether containers are the fad of this year or a future technology that we need to adapt to. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Laura. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, one of the product managers. Like you said, I work on uh, virtualization, uh, storage, compute, um, kind of bringing uh, those technologies into platforms. I, mostly I focus on VMware's be realized operations. Perfect. Well, I mean, I think that's a perfect bridge to where we're going with today's show. As I had mentioned, last week we had highlighted some of the cool things that we saw out of VMworld, and one of the things was something that Blue Medora actually launched at the show, our new Docker management pack for VRI's operations. So before we start talking about containers and what that means to today's IT operations, do you have a little bit of insight into um, the Docker management pack and what this product means for our customers? Sure. Um, so Docker, you know, presents some some real challenges for traditional IT. Um, traditional IT, of course, they want to know what's running where, um, so that they can support it properly, give it the resources they need, and and nothing more, right? Um, whereas Docker is very much about empowering developers, empowering DevOps to be able to use the resources they have at hand to um, you know get 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 the job done, um, you know maximizing their, their ability to utilize what they have in, in, a given, in a given place. So to facilitate IT's ability um, to kind of get a handle on their Docker environments, um, that's really where we focused um, in the management pack. We're, we're looking at uh, bringing all of the, the Docker engines that are out there in, a, in an IT landscape, uh, bringing that into vRealize operations marrying that to their virtual infrastructure. Um, so if it's running on VMs, we're going to connect that Docker engine to the VMware VM or even a, a Nutanix VM or a, a KVM VM. Um, we're going we're gonna to show you how that's connected to that, tech, that other technology so you understand uh, kind of utilization of resources, CPU, memory, um, network from the standpoint of Docker, but then you can also compare that to the the virtual layers uh, understanding of, of how resources are being utilized. That's fantastic. And I know, you know, as we had mentioned in last week's episode, from what we heard at the show, there was a lot of interest in the Docker management pack, just because there's such a focus on DevOps and kind of that transition towards the container technology. So, um, you know, from a higher level, how would you explain what container technology is? Sure. Uh, everybody uh, likes to start with, you know, it's a virtual machine, but it's not a virtual machine. And, and that's, that's pretty, it's a pretty good analogy. If you're coming from the standpoint of, you know, somebody who's very familiar with VMware um, and, and is maybe uh, a little bit threatened by Docker, let's say, um, you know, virtual machine is a very good analogy to start with, right? You are taking a subsection of the resources of a host 
and giving them to uh, like a contained technology, right? So the container takes, um, instead of running on a host, the uh, container runs within a Linux operating system, usually, um, and it uh, shares the kernel with any other containers that are running there. Um, and you're able to, that in, in that way, subdivide the resources of a, of a single operating system rather than with a host where you're running another operating system on top of, uh, of, of that operating system with your traditional host and VM paradigm. Um, so uh, Docker, uh, just to expand on that, is, is sort of a tool set for managing the life cycle of, of this Linux feature, these containers. Gotcha. I think that's a, a great explanation. Um, so now that we've talked a little bit about the, the how and, you know, what, um, let's talk a little bit about the why. So what are the, the benefits of having containers? And, you know, when, when you're thinking about the different benefits, I think a little bit of that speaks to why there's been such a rapid adoption. But I'd love to hear from you what you see are the biggest benefits of them. Sure. So first and foremost, uh, from the developer standpoint, you get the ability to create uh, portable, repeatable builds. Um, one of the kind of the headaches of traditional development is making sure when you install something on a new uh, OS, that that OS has all the dependencies that were there uh, the last time you installed it on, a, on another version of maybe even the same OS and same version. It might not have all of the libraries, all of the extensions, all of the other little programs that you thought you needed or that you know you need to make, make that, uh, that program run. Um, so the container takes care of all that. It puts all, all the dependencies are sort of in the container already um, and, and understood by the container. So when you install an image um, to create a container, you you get all of that by default uh, without any additional effort. You basically define the container once, um, and then when you move it to another operating system, maybe another flavor of Linux, um, all that's taken care of. It's all isolated. It's all like, abstracted away from you as the developer. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, beyond that, you get isolation. Um, so the containers have less access by default to kind of everything else in the operating system. Um, so it's you know, you know there's some security benefits there. Um, you uh, are able to increase your resource utilization with very little additional overhead. Um, so because the uh, the containers all share a kernel, you don't have to spin up all of the operating system resources for each new program. Whereas if you're trying to run everything that you run in a container in a, another VM, you'd have the kind of that rehash of all of the overhead that it costs to run a Linux operating system. Um, and this way you're, you're just, you have one operating system and then everything else just has the resources that it needs to actually run the program. Um, Beyond that, uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Um, there's an ecosystem for containers. So it's not just what you're building as a developer. You're not just spinning up a container and it lives on its own and, and you build your own little um, biome of, of containers. There's a, a whole ecosystem out there uh, of containerized apps, databases, web servers, uh, just you just you name it, it's already probably containerized. I, I was just looking at uh, Grafana and, and InfluxDB, um, and you can even get a, a Docker Compose image where those two things are 
kind of put together in their own containers already. So uh, very exciting, very, um, uh, there's a lot of just plug it in and go uh, that you get out of having other things that you didn't build yourself already in containers. Um, and then finally, you know, when, when you do build something, um, you're building it in an isolated way that's really about what does this one part of my overall system do? You know, we're talking about microservices at that point. So those microservices are, are highly reusable. Um, once you've kind of built a tool once, you don't have to build it when you realize, oh, you know what, this would work perfectly in, in another stack. It's not something they have to rip out or cut and paste. It's already contained in, this, in, in, a, in a Docker image at that point. That's great. And I think, you know, as there's more of a focus on adopting some of the DevOps methodologies, the fail fast and flexibility, um, I think containers definitely speak to kind of that need for organizations as they evolve in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Docker, Docker and containers in general, I think have definitely arrived. Um, so I think probably some more traditional IT landscapes they haven't quite arrived at yet, but um, they're not going anywhere, right? I mean, they're they're going up and up, but they're not. Um, they're definitely not a fad, you know. To kind of answer an earlier question, it's um, it's it's something that I think everyone either needs to contend with or or just kind of cede that territory entirely to their DevOps. You know, those are basically the two choices, right? Uh, Love it or, or leave it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and I know something that has come up in conversations that I've had and what I've heard a little bit through the grapevine is, you know, obviously everybody's always concerned about security. So when it comes to a containerized environment, what um, does security look like? Is there a concern for security within um, your containers? Sure. Um, well, one of the really great things about the containers in the first place is they're much more security focused than uh, traditional sort of operating systems are. Um, whereas uh, like Windows, Linux, uh, Mac, they're all pretty open by default. You know, you, you um, end up putting up a firewall to protect them. Um, with, with a container, they're more or less closed by default. So you define exactly how um, that container is able to interact with the outside world and vice versa. Um, so the attack surface is kind of up to you in terms of, of what kind of security you're going to have for a container, um, not only within itself, but then how other how it's secure against any other containers that are running in the same operating system. Um, so in that way, it's, it's actually pretty pretty great, right? That that you um, you're not given a ton of rope to hang yourself with here. It, you you determine you know how bad it's going to be um, by uh, you know how you configure the, the container. Um, uh, beyond that, there's there's namespace isolation. Um, so you you get like kind of a, a default isolation from the rest of the machine for each container. Um, so if there are things running on that machine that are not containerized, they have a they have a certain kind of isolation from from the containers. Um, one thing to be aware of generally is there is um, the, the Docker daemon, which is basically the the engine running uh, Docker does present um, something of, a, of an attack surface. Um, you know, generally, if you've got your, your virtual machine configured properly, um, you're not really exposing an attack surface there. Um, but it does have effectively root level access, the ability to affect your whole machine you know, a, 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 um, as a whole. 
Um, the Docker daemon does expose an API, and we looked at that when we were making our, our management pack as one of the ways to, to gather data, and we decided against it just because we, we didn't think it really made a lot of sense for our users to, to expose that level of control um, just to, to gather data. So we went instead with a technology from Google uh, called C-Advisor that's pretty popular for, for monitoring. Great. Yeah, I think uh, that insight is definitely helpful to kind of ease the qualms about whether, you know, security needs to be an issue when you're thinking about adopting container technology. Um, so with that, I know that you kind of addressed this in the answer to one of your questions, but, you know, given the title of today's episode, whether a container is fad or the future of IT, um, you know, where do you stand? Do you think it's a fad? Do you think it's something that we'll have in the future and in, in years to come? Yeah, I mean, I think there's different ways we're going to see it. Um, we might be thinking less about containers as containers. Um, if you look at something like Pivotal Cloud Foundry, effectively that's a like an ecosystem for running containers at, at kind of an enterprise level, a, a level that can be scaled out. Um, you know, so something like Docker, it might not be Docker forever, right? There's there's some limitations when you need to get to a certain kind of scale. Um, with with how you can use Docker, um, you know, you can run a bunch of uh, containers in a single VM. Um, but if you have, you know, the, the scale of a massive multinational corporation, um, it, does that still make sense? Do you want to be orchestrating across different uh, VMs, or do you want some kind of overarching system where all of the containers you're running that are part of uh, an application have some kind of um, uh, bridge between them. So something like PCF, um, I think, is probably ultimately where where we're going with with containers. Um, but I think even Docker, you know, for for smaller applications and you know, still very very large applications, uh, definitely has its place um, and will for for a long time. Definitely. Well, that actually wraps up all of our questions that we have for Mike today. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining this episode of ITOA today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks and for having me. Definitely. And look forward to our next episode, which will be posted on Thursday through whichever podcast tool that you use. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your week.